Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, and this week I will try to talk louder since I've heard that um, I'm always under Harley, and if they have to turn it up to listen to me, then Harley blows their speakers out. So, Harley, walk tall and talk soft. Well, you know what? I can talk soft if need be. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you need to be. I mean, maybe I just need to talk louder. It's because we're on a single feed, I can't adjust our volume, so we have to find a happy medium. Um, but yeah, you know what? I asked the guy if it was just one episode or it's been that way, and he didn't respond. So guess what? We're not going to do anything different. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, you, you want me to talk a little softer, and that's certainly fine. Uh, although, uh, for those people tuning in uh, to listen to us this week, uh, ironically, prior to the podcast being recorded today, I could hear nothing in my headset. There was something going on with my headset. I, did, I had no clue what it was. I'm pretty sure it was something to do with my laptop, but... Uh, if we have any like PC uh, specialists out there listening in and you have any idea why a person's audio would suddenly disappear off their laptop, yeah. feel free to shoot me a, a text on uh, Twitter or on uh, email. Yeah, well, um, I should come clean. That was me trying to lower your volume and just didn't tell you about it. <laughs> no, no. Well, that true. doesn't explain why I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> not, not true, not true. Yeah, it's frustrating when technology doesn't work with us and we get a half hour late start and I'm old and I need to get in bed by a certain time, you know, all that kind of crap. Just gets thrown all out of whack and daylight savings time and who's a, who gets suspended, who doesn't get suspended. But I'm not going to get into that stuff because I've got to throw it over to my man Harley for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. The NFL turned into the WWE this weekend as fights broke out in multiple games, leading to multiple ejections. In related news, Vince McMahon was in contact with both A.J. Green and Mike Evans, offering each of them contracts to headline Survivor Series. <laughs> Several people are wondering if Ben McAdoo has lost the confidence of his team after the Giants gave up 51 points to the L.A. Rams. This week will be the real test. If New York gives up 51 points to the San Francisco 49ers, McAdoo may not be allowed back on the flight home. Uh. Ezekiel Elliott is scheduled to appear before an appellate court this Thursday on his case related to the NFL's attempts to suspend him. Based on the court's scheduling of a hearing, the early assumption is that Zeke will be able to play this week. And it is also a sign that Elliott may be allowed to play the rest of the season. So, knowing this news, we here at the BPN News can officially state that Elliott's suspension will take effect Friday morning. We can also state that his next appeal will come Friday afternoon. And all of this will be recycled as he will be eligible to play this Sunday. Without warning, Sunday morning became a race to the waiver wire when Leonard Fournette was placed on the inactive list for missing a team event. 
Chris Ivory filled in admirably for Fournette, especially since he hadn't taken first-team snaps during practice this week. Head coach Doug Maroney said that Fournette would return to action this week. Well, that is, as long as he doesn't miss a team meal or a post-practice shower or the team's choir performance at a Jacksonville old folks' home. <laughs> and finally, after recovering a fumble by Derek Carr, Raiders offensive lineman Marshall Newhouse decided to attempt to run the ball down the field. His idea seemed sound, that is until he decided to do a backflip, coughing up the ball in the process. Following the game, Newhouse apologized for his attempt to advance the ball. As a fellow big guy, I always cheer when the Hogs try to score, so I give Newhouse a pass. Plus, it was abundantly clear last night that Newhouse has better hands than Amari Cooper. This has been your BPN News Update. You know, I made that, I made that, I questioned that on Twitter right after the onside kick at the end. I was like, well, Amari Cooper's on the hands team, where's Marshall Newhouse? I mean, he, was, he had some moves, and everybody said that might be the first big man helicopter, but that wasn't like a helicopter like you think. That was one of those, I don't know what they call them, but those big freight-carrying helicopters. You know what I mean? Those big <laughs> it transport. Kind of remind, it reminded me of, like, uh, uh, what's it, the Fenske flop or whatever, the, the move that people use when they're doing the uh, high jump. Yeah. I also saw somebody tweet, and I don't remember who it was, but they said, it looks like a Photoshop where you took – Newhouse from a blocking position and just kind of rotated him, put him right there in the frame. Well, for anyone that may not have seen the video of this yet, uh, do a search on Marshall Newhouse uh, helicopter, and you'll see this video, and it's absolutely hilarious because I mean, this guy is—he's a three hundred and forty some odd pound offensive lineman, and he's actually—he he picks up the ball after the fumble. He starts carrying it. He actually—he's putting some moves on the defenders. And then all of a sudden, he just gets decleated upside down, and looks it looks like a, a belly flop, basically. Harley, Harley, I'm sorry. We've got we've got breaking news coming in right now. Um, as everybody knows, when they listen to this, it won't be as breaking because we do record on Monday evenings. But I believe, yeah, it's true. Eric Ebron was targeted and caught a pass, a 19 yard. Pa- Eric Ebron has caught a 19 yard pass. Well, then I have to assume that Darren Fells has at least. Seven catches and at least two touchdowns then, right? Not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, you know what? A little later, let's do it after DFS. Let's talk about um, some of the shenanigans that happened this week, as you hinted at in the news. We can talk a little bit about the inactive portion. We can talk about the Fournette. We can talk about the suspensions. We can talk about what's not a suspension. We can get into all that after we do some DFS stuff. What do you think? Sounds good. Let's hit it. I wonder this week. This week, I'm going to say I bet we agree on about 25 percent of our picks max. Interesting. Okay. I mean, because it's like we're getting all those teams on buys plus a few wide receivers that you know can't play because of suspension. But well, none again. None of them have been suspended yet. I believe. Correct. No, one has. One has. Okay. And I'm not going to pick him as my stay away. So let's go quarterback. Who are you paying up for? Well, I'm going to pay up for a guy that you may have picked up on the free agent wire this uh, past week, and that's Jared Goff. Uh, he's facing Houston this week. In the last two weeks, Houston has been absolutely torched by both Russell Wilson and Jacoby Brissett. Uh, those two quarterbacks, who are roughly comparable to Jared Goff, 
Uh, they they combined to have 760 passing yards and six touchdowns against Houston. Goff was in my consideration. I did pick up Goff on Sunday morning. I've been going to war with Kirk Cousins and did not like that matchup, especially when I saw the weather up there and looked on the wire to see who was available. And I went, you know what? I like Goff with Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins out. I think that the Giants are done. They were done, that's for sure. Um, and, yeah, he helped lead me to a win against a team that I um, needed to beat to stay in first place. So I'm 8-1 and one, as long as Eric Ebron doesn't lose, like, 21 points via fumbles tonight. Um, Which could happen. Who I also picked up because of Zach Ertz but, and Jordan Reed. Let's not go there. Anyway, and I got to face Zeke, who at first I thought I wasn't going to have to face. Um, and he had Kareem Hunt. So looking at that, I saw Murderer's Row, and somehow I escaped with a 20-some point win. And, yes, golf. Thank you. But no, he's not my play this week. I'm going to say the guy that's out here chucking the ball to Eric Ebron right now tonight, Matthew Stafford, is who I like at home against Cleveland, who is coming off a bye, but Andy Reid's not their coach. Andy's one hell of a coach coming off the bye. Um, Hugh Jackson doesn't seem to be one hell of a coach at all. So um, Cleveland's run, run defense, solid. Their pass defense, not so much. I was actually just going to add that I think that when you look at uh, Cleveland's defense, their run defense – I think it's like top six in the uh, in the league this year, which is impressive because we always associate them with having no run defense. Well, this year they do. However, their pass defense is still very mediocre. So uh, one of the guys I'm going to stay away from this week at a higher price is Tyrod Taylor. He's going to face New Orleans this week. New Orleans has shut out four of the last six quarterbacks to face them. Over that six-game span, they have allowed a total of four quarterback passing scores, and three of those came to Matthew Stafford in one game. Guess what? I didn't pick Tyrod Taylor as my stay away, but I'm in the same game. I'm staying away from Drew Brees. Buffalo did not have the best game against the Jets on Thursday night, but they'll have had extra time to prepare. I believe that Sean McDermott's not going to be happy. He's a defensive-minded coach. They have the horses. Brees hasn't been exciting is the best word I can come up with um, so far this year anyway. Um, I think I said earlier he needs to average like he needs to hit like 5,080 yards or 5,020-some yards so that he can average 5,000 passing yards over the past decade. Um, I don't think we're going to get there. And playing Buffalo this week isn't going to help him. So I'm staying away from the second-highest guy on the list in Drew Brees. You know, I was, there, I was right there with you. I was also a little concerned. Uh, the game is in Buffalo, so we're getting a little closer to winter now. Yeah. Certainly a chance we could have some weather terrorism going on there, too. Yes, right now, I haven't checked out any of the weather forecasts for this week's games, but uh, it is a noon start, so I checked something a little out. bit less chance. I checked something out. You know what I found? What's it's, that? It's outdoors. That's enough. Yes. That's enough. In Buffalo, New York. Yes, that's enough for me. I'm sorry. It is. Okay. Who's, Who's your, your value? value play? No, I'm going to you. Who's your value play? I'm going to go with probably the riskiest value play I've made all year, and that's Eli Manning at San Francisco. Oh. Yeah, If he doesn't get benched, Manning could actually do damage against this defense. Uh, of course, if the rest of the team has given up, then, well, maybe not. Interesting, because again, like the first who we're paying up for, I'm in the same game, but not the same quarterback. <laughs> I'm going with C.J. Bethard. Um, I know it's risky. They are at home. That Giants team is just... Um, um, dumpster fire done yeah um, I'm <laughs> sorry I was trying to channel my you know their coach's halftime speech um. <laughs> uh, when, when you look at that situation there I mean I actually do like uh, Bethard's chances of doing something in this game 
Uh, I've actually had him as a popular sleeper the last couple weeks, too, in matchups they should have done well in. And he's actually thrown for a few yards, but he's having trouble throwing for touchdowns. <laughs> well, and, I mean, their offensive line doesn't do him any favors, and I don't think you have to worry about Garofalo because of that. Here's the thing. Olivier Vernon has missed God knows how many weeks now because I own him in an IDP league, and that's a key part to their pass rush, and I just don't think he's going to be back. I don't think they'll rush him. There's no sense in doing that at this point. And so if that's out, that hurts their pass rush overall. JPP can't do it all. So I think that in a game that, yeah, we might see quite a bit of points in this one because I don't know that either defense is going to stop either party. Well, and also here comes the question is, uh, do we know yet how many uh, members of the Giants secondary are actually going to suit up this week? I'm sorry, I didn't know they had a secondary. Exactly. They spent a lot of money on it. Well, they spent a lot of money on a coach that doesn't know how to coach, too, from the looks of it. Uh, let's roll over to uh, running back. Uh, who are you paying up for? Oh, come on. That has got to be. I guarantee we're on the same page there. You have to ask. I'm just going to. One, s- two, three. three. Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell. Bell. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Coke. And you get to tell everybody exactly. why. Well, you know what? After a couple of slow weeks rushing against them, Indianapolis is only allowing 152 combo yards per game now. They were averaging about 170 for a while. But the last two weeks, they've actually done decent. Their, their, their average against dropped down to 152 yards against. So, you know what? Nah, whatever. I'll still start Le'Veon. Yeah, and he's coming with some fresh wheels. Can't, I, I can't think of a better recipe for success for him this week than this week. All right, who are you staying away from? This one, this one I bet we're not close on. I'm going to stay away from Todd Gurley versus Houston. Uh, Houston's allowed only two running backs to top 100 rushing yards against them this season. No one has scored on the ground against them since week one of this year. You know what? They, they do give up some yardage and some touchdowns through the air to opposing running backs, so Gurley might score through the air. But I'm not going to pay Le'Veon Bell money for Todd Gurley when I can get Le'Veon Bell for the same price against a much, much easier opponent. Yeah, you know what? I, I gave him consideration. I own him, so maybe that's why I couldn't say that I want to avoid him in DFS type thing. Um, but... I struggled with two guys outside of him that I wanted to go with. And I decided to go with somebody that most people will probably have a hard time saying, yeah, I can get on board with that. Um, But it's Mark Ingram. I can see that. Uh, I actually, I I feel like last week Kamara really maybe stole the show a little bit. And along the same path with, with Kamara, though, I didn't really want to chase the points, but it looks like Buffalo has been a little bit easier to run on the last couple of weeks, so that's kind of why I went away from him and decided to go with Gurley instead. Well, season to date, believe it or not, they've given up the 23rd most points. Um, I'm sorry, 23rd fewest points to running back. So, yeah, the last three weeks, they're top 12, but it's in Buffalo. Again, I just don't think that it's going to be a good game script. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in that game. And just I don't like the price tag, and him and Kamara can easily cannibalize each other, so that's why I'd rather just stay away from that. Well, you see, uh, in the uh, value play range, I am going to once again target that giant San Francisco game and go with Orleans Darqua. Uh, San Francisco just got completely gouged by a AARP-eligible Adrian Peterson. They're averaging, you know, I, I said that Indianapolis is allowing 152 combo yards per game. That's pretty bad. San Francisco's averaging more. They're allowing 183 combo yards per game to opposing running backs. That's how many yards they gave up against uh, Adrian Peterson and Arizona's running backs. 
So, again, the average didn't go up. It didn't go down. If Orleans, Darkwa, and Wayne Gallman and Paul Perkins and whoever else combine for 183 combo yards, I'll be happy with the portion that Darkwa is going to get there. I get you. I'm going to go with a guy that's a little bit cheaper. He's going to be fresh, coming off a bye. Now you got to hope that he's cleared from his concussion, which I believe he is. Um, but Duke Johnson, 4,100, gets the face of Detroit team. Granted, it's in Detroit, but it's on the carpet, which I think actually benefits Duke a little bit. And over the, last, over the season, the Lions have given up prior to this Monday night game because we don't know where they're at with that yet because it's just started. We're barely in the first quarter. Um, they're top 11 in points allowed to running backs, but over the last three weeks, only three teams have given up more points than they have to running backs. So I think Duke makes a nice play in what should be a positive game script for him to be involved in the passing game. Well, you mentioned three weeks. Uh, I do believe something happened three weeks ago to the middle of their defensive line. Uh, a certain player may have been lost for the season. Oh, yeah. Um, you're right. Who was that? Um, hmm. Haloti Nata? Thank you. Yes. There you go. Yeah, big man. Uh, he's not. He's not the not the stud that he was when he was in Baltimore, but he's still a pretty formidable defensive lineman. And yeah, it's made an impact on them. You take that out, and it's just an exponential uh, factor. I mean, uh, they've also. I mean, their secondary has never been that great of a run-stopping secondary. So uh, once you get past that first wave, which it's much easier to do without Nada in the middle now. Yep. Well, and I think that they like my the whole value I like about him is. He'll catch six patch six passes for maybe, you know, fifty to eighty yards and a touchdown. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially when that allows you to get guys like Lev into your lineup. Well, you know what? If uh, if we're gonna pay up for Le'Veon Bell, I'm also gonna pay up for his uh, running mate Antonio Brown. Uh, Brown leads all players in receptions, receiving yards, and targets. Now he gets to face a shorthanded Indianapolis secondary. Uh, Vontae Davis didn't play last week. No reason to believe he's going to play this week either. So, Do you know why he didn't I mean, play? Why? Ask me if he's, if he's healthy. Is he healthy? Coach's decision. Ask me again. That makes no sense. Ask me again. Ask me three times. <laughs> Ask me three times. Is he healthy? Coach's decision. Is he healthy? Coach's decision. That's what we're getting from Pagano. Dude's walking dead. Sorry. Um, no, I'm with you. Are you afraid of Devontae Davis being walking dead or Chuck Pagano? Pagano. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Antonio Brown, Lev Bell, two of the surest. A- Antonio, I mean, is there anything that's even sure at wide receiver beyond Antonio Brown at this point? I don't think there is. So he's clearly the payup. Who are you going to stay away from? Well, since I'm staying away from his quarterback, I think I'm going to stay away from Michael Thomas. Right there with you. Um, he wasn't the guy I chose, but I, I've got him marked in red on my spreadsheet because he's one of those guys I'm not going to be playing this week in DFS at all. Uh, the guy I'm staying away from is Stephon Diggs uh, going up against Washington. Uh, it's already been announced that Josh Norman is planning on shadowing Diggs. Uh, Washington's la- allowing an average of 1.9 receptions and 34.4 yards per game to opposing wide receiver ones. Now you can make the argument that Diggs and or Thielen is the wide receiver one for Minnesota. Uh, Diggs clearly wasn't 100% last week. He did play. He played most of the snaps, but he wasn't 100%. Uh, if he's still not 100% and he's going up against Josh Norman, that's not going to be a good performance for him this week. Yeah, I can buy that. I don't like it um, as a Diggs owner in a couple of leagues, um, season long. I don't like it, but I get it, and I think that you're right. Norman's a guy that I try to avoid. Um, I just have been pretty 
disappointed in the overall production of Breeze and Thomas, basically, for this year. They just haven't given the upside that I expected, and I don't like that matchup, as we discussed. Who's your um, value play? And I guarantee you we are nowhere in the same <laughs> ballpark on this one. Uh, probably not. Uh, I, I always like to pair my value plays at receiver and tight end with the quarterbacks I choose. So uh, this is a guy I actually preached on Sunday morning as a guy a p- person could plug in. I thought he was going to have a pretty good game, and he did have a very good game. That's Robert Woods. This week he gets to face Houston. Uh, deep threat receivers for Seattle and Indy. Uh, I mentioned that Seattle and Indy both burned Houston the last two weeks. A lot of that damage was done by deep threat receivers. Guys like Paul Richardson, who had a couple of touchdowns. Uh, T.Y. Hilton had two very long touchdowns against them last week. Uh, This is the type of player Robert Woods is. He's a straight-line speed guy. And Goff has kind of turned that whole offense into the, as someone quoted on uh, ESPN a couple weeks ago, the greatest show on surf for L.A. And uh, as long as they're going to throw the ball and throw the ball and throw the ball, and again, if they have trouble running the ball this week, they probably will throw the ball a lot. That sets up big for Robert Woods to have another good game. Okay. So the guy that I'm pegging is going to be because somebody got injured. Okay. Um, Des Bryant, I don't think they've come out and said if it's a high ankle sprain. I've heard a couple um, doctors say that they believe it looks like it's a high ankle sprain from you know the, the mechanism of the injury and stuff like that. So I don't expect Des to play this week. Um, so do you know who that means I'm picking? I assume you're going to pick Bryce Butler. Yes, not Terrence Williams like everybody's probably going to chase out to go get. I think that if there's a guy that's going to see an uptick in targets with Des out, it is Bryce Butler. Now that's not for the faint of heart. I mean, that's a complete risky play. But at that price, look at it. I think they got to run the ball. What if you know Zeke is out? Stuff like that can only help it. So I'm taking a, a calculated gamble. But I think that Butler is a guy that has just more upside with Dez out. And, and actually, I mean, Terrence Williams left at the end of the game, too, with a little bit uh, banged up, too. I think he's going to play as well. But I agree. Butler's the guy that's going to benefit if Bryant isn't out there. Now, before we go on any further, I, I do need to peacock a little bit about our recommendations my four value plays from last week uh quarterback i had drew stanton he went uh, 201 yards and a pair of touchdowns adrian peterson was my value play running back last week 167 total yards uh, my value play wide receiver was someone else in the uh, cowboys game and that was cole beasley who went out and caught two touchdowns and lastly my value play tight end last week was tyler higby who only caught one pass but it was against the giants so your tight end throwing a ball against the Giants, it's usually a touchdown. So he got a touchdown there, too. Yeah, he did. I saw it was early. Um, yeah, unfortunately, my value play was Jameis, and you know what happened to his shoulder. I did have Darkwa at running back. Um, eh. And I did hit with Ted Ginn. We don't yeah, need to. Ginn, Ginn, like, we love Ginn here at, DF, here at uh, BPN, that's for certain. And I want everybody to know that I did have Deshaun Watson as my stay away, but it had nothing to do with the expectation of hearing the horrible news that we wound up hearing about what happened to him. Well, I guess that's better than me. I think I recommended starting him. So, yeah. So anyway, um, but I, I recommended Russ. So I was no better. Okay, let's go tight end. I'm going to pay up for Evan Ingram against San Francisco. Now you're probably thinking like, what the hell? San Francisco's good against tight ends. Well, yeah, they are. They don't give up much yardage to tight ends, but they have allowed a touchdown in three straight games to opposing tight ends. Uh, you correlate that to Ingram. He's scored in three straight games. And he's not really a tight end. 
yeah, I mean, we've kind of talked about throughout this whole segment that we think that this can be a fairly high-scoring game, kind of a sneaky high-scoring game. And that's just going to mean that Engram is only one of the few options that Eli actually has to throw the ball to. Exactly. Um, that's one that we agree on also. So we have agreed on pay-ups on three of four. They're the only three we've agreed on so far, believe it or not. Um, I did leave out, by the way, back at quarterback when I said CJ as my value play quarterback. I actually wanted to give some, I gave some consideration to Marcus Mariota. I decided to go with a cheaper value. Well, and at pay to play, if you're playing on FanDuel, I think you could also make the argument for paying up for Rob Gronkowski, who's only available on FanDuel in the Sunday night game. Okay. Then that means we're probably not going to agree on our stay away. Who are you staying away from? I'll stay away from Jason Witten against Atlanta. Atlanta has only allowed one tight end touchdown this season, an average of only four catches and 49 yards to the position. Witten was uninvolved last week. The only way I think he gets more involved this week is if Zeke is suspended. But as I said during the news, I think that the hearing scheduled for Thursday really suggests that Zeke will play this week, if not further. Okay, so I had Gronkowski as my stay away. Honestly, I've missed that he's not available on DraftKings, and you know I don't like to pick those players for any of my positions for DFS. So I'm going to punt that, okay? Mm-hmm. And on the fly, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to stay away from Vernon Davis. <laughs> and if it's not Vernon Davis, it's Jordan Reed if Jordan Reed's active. I'm going to stay away from the Washington tight end position. How's that? I totally agree. And do they have a healthy tight end on their roster right now? Um, probably not. Um, Niles I, Paul, Logan Paulson, any of those guys ring a bell? Yeah, no. Are they still around? <laughs> uh, Niles Paul got injured a couple weeks ago. Um, concussion, okay. I believe his was. Not sure what Reed's going to be with his hammy. Um, wasn't aware that something happened to Vernon yesterday. Did I miss that? Um, something happened to Vernon during the game. I know he left for a while. He came back in when they just didn't have enough healthy bodies to put on the line. I'll see what I can find out while we're talking here. Um, but that's, look, that Minnesota defense, Hunter Smith in the in the secondary, what you've got at linebacker, the pass rush that they pull, I, I'd rather stay away from that Washington pass game if I could. I, I totally agree with staying away from that defense entirely. I, ironically, though, that you mentioned that is that, uh, historically speaking at least, <coughs> Vernon Davis has done good against the Vikings. Of course. Of hope- course, our defense, historically speaking, was also bad until about two years ago. So, Let's see. Um, I've got no injury history on Davis, so whatever it was, he got back in the game, he should be okay. Yeah, but I'm not again. I'm not starting any part of that offense either. Nope. Except for maybe Chris Thomas, Chris Thompson. Yeah, uh, I'm, you got to stay away from Crowder. You got to stay away from Doxson. It's like, yeah, I'm staying away from that offense, point blank. Um, who are you paying up for? I'm sorry, not who are you paying up for. Who's your value play? Well, I went to the wall last week by going up against uh, the New York Giants. I'm going to do it again this week. A little bit concerned with my pick because he hurt his leg. Uh, last week uh, during the game, he did come back to finish the game, so that's a good sign. That's George Kittle. Uh, he's gathering 5.6 targets per week over the last five games. The Giants, they're perfect on the season. They've allowed at least one tight end score every week. Why the heck shouldn't they allow another one this week? <laughs> yeah, very true, and they like to do it and get it out of the way fast, too, like last week. Um, hey, how many picks did I say we were probably going to agree on? Uh, like 20%. Yeah, I said 20. It was 25 Not bad. People probably think we actually set that up. We did not. Um, My value play is a guy playing for an offense that throws the ball like negative three times a game. Um, But they're at home. I'm going with Deion Sims. 
I know that's a ballsy call. <laughs> that, that's about as deep as it gets right there. I mean, obviously, uh, Zach Miller is, is gone. done for history. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, Green Bay, I'm not that enamored with their secondary. Their linebackers don't do much for me. Um, it is in Chicago. They're coming off of a bye. I just think that you you want to gonna see you're gonna see Chicago want to try and make Trubisky a little more comfortable, and I think the tight end can help with that because they don't have anything at wide receiver. I mean, well, here's the state strength thing. Actually, one of my sneaky sleepers for this week is a guy they acquired a couple weeks ago, and he didn't play uh, in, in his first game over there because he didn't have enough time to learn the playbook yet, and that's Dontrell Inman. Uh, he's really like down at the bottom of the wide receiver sullies uh, again. There isn't a lot for them to throw to. Trubisky's prop I mean, he hasn't attempted to throw a lot of passes to wide receivers, but that's probably because he can't he doesn't know the names of half the wide receivers on that team. Yeah. So Dontrell Inman, he was successful a little bit in Indianapolis. He had some success in uh San Diego a couple of years ago, uh, when every time that Keenan Allen got hurt. He could be a player this week. He could. Um but yeah, so Sims is not for the faint of heart, but look. You want to get guys like Lev Bell and Antonio Brown into your lineup, you've got to go with guys that are that cheaply priced. So and, That's and, the truth. You know, the opportunities that won't be there, even if it is only three targets, maybe, you know, cash is in two for twenty two and a touchdown. That's uh ten points right there. Yeah, just about, right? And when you're talking about a three thousand dollar or less salary, that's more than three times salary right there. That's what you're looking for. Oof, that's bad when you think of it in those terms, isn't it? Two, exactly. Two for twenty-two and a touchdown. That gives. That's that's rewarding. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the opposite of rewarding, let's talk suspensions. And what is you know what what is a what what do you have to do to be suspended? If you get caught drunk driving, do you get suspended? Uh, nope. Actually, uh, there was a guy here in Minnesota who was recently arrested for his seventieth DWI. Okay. Um. Smoking weed. Yeah, we know you get suspended for smoking weed. Um, because that's just completely damaging to the game of football. Okay, Blindsiding a guy when he's not looking like Mike Evans did. You get suspended for that. Um, well, at least we didn't see a suspension for the Oakland Raider guy who went up and kind of did a belly bump to his uh, friend on the other team. He, they only got a 15-yard penalty there. God, yeah, I meant to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up. That was insane. The guy's like, I was just playing. He really was just playing. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're friends. They're like life. doing a belly bump or something. I mean, that's <laughs> – and you wonder if their friend's going, hey, 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 look what you did. Um, no, okay, and then we've got a choke slam with oh, he haymakers. He had the rear naked chokehold on the guy and threw him to the ground. And, and it's never smart for a wide receiver to throw punches at a guy's helmet. I thought A.J. Green was smarter than that. But A.J. Green is not being suspended for that. Neither of them are, from what I understand. So, basically, we have live footage of two players going at it on the field, and neither one is being suspended. But we have zero footage at all of Ezekiel Elliott doing anything illegal, but he's got a six-game suspension. Yes. Actually, we do. That is correct. (laughs) We do. Um... And well, I, and it don't we can roll all the way back to uh, uh, Ray Rice on video, basically beating his girlfriend to near death. They got a nice two game suspension for that. So Josh Brown, Josh Brown, yeah, seventeen occurrences of domestic violence uh, recorded with the police. Uh, 
one game suspension, but at least now he's out of the league. So yeah, I just honestly, the here's the thing. I've been in management one way or another almost my entire life. We've all worked for managers. The people that we like working for the best are consistent and fair, right? The yeah. ones we hate working for are people that you don't know how they're going to act. People that are just loose cannons. You don't know what, you gotta, what you're going to get, correct? That's correct. And, well, I, mean, I don't know of anything that's consistent with how the NFL doles these punishments out. I just Well, and a couple of years ago, they tried to make a... A, a line in the sand for consistency where it's like, okay, you do this. If this is your second occurrence, you automatically get this. If this is your third occurrence, you automatically get this. Well, you know what? Much like what's a catch anymore, no one really knows what in the heck these statutes mean. I mean, and and again, when there's when there's no physical proof of something or intent, at least uh, in in some of the cases, some of these hits. Well, what do you do? You know what? You, the, the thing is, they legislated out intent. Intent shouldn't matter. Exactly. Right? I mean, we see flags for guys across the middle when they get jacked up by the defender because the you know offensive player lowered his head and wound up getting helmet to helmet. It doesn't matter. It's a flag. They get fined. The intent does not matter. Also, I mean, i got to be honest with you. I can't believe that Kiko Alonso did not get suspended. Minimally one game. Just can't. Yeah. Um, well, I mean – if you look at that exact same week, uh, one of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Andrew Zentejo, was suspended for his hit on Joe Flacco, which, uh, I'm sorry, not on Flacco. Uh, <clears throat> Zendejo's hit knocked the player out for uh, Mike Wallace. Sorry, that's who it was. Right. So, and then, you know, you have to ask yourself, and I'm not trying to troll people. I, I tried to troll somebody yesterday. I tried to troll Twitter in general. There was a play, Dallas, um, not Dallas. Dolphins are playing. Who the hell did Dolphins play last night? Um, Oakland. Oakland. They're playing Oakland. It was a screen pass or something, and the Miami defender has the guy wrapped up, but the whistle had not blown yet. He only had him by one leg. Guy's trying to, you know, wedge his ankle free to move forward. Alonso's bearing down, but he pulled up. And it was like, it was comical because I looked at it, froze it. And on a freeze frame, it was almost the same distance that he was closing that he closed on the Flacco hit. And I know people were, well, he was going for first down. Dude's trying to get away from a would-be tackler to go and get more yardage, and he's coming like a bullet. But he pulled up, and I was like, oh, look, he can pull up. And I posted the pictures and circled it and all that kind of stuff, To but people didn't buy my bait. They thought it was stinky, I guess. Well, so I, I'm always a little concerned, too, from uh... – the standpoint of supporting the defensive player, uh, yes, it's good and all to pull up and to avoid the huge contact with the offensive player. But at the same time, at what point does it become a law of diminishing returns for the defender? I mean, at what point does he risk his own health and safety by altering his body's motion in the process of going for a tackle? Are you going to see one or two uh, torn ACLs, and, and then does that – negate the fact that he wasn't able to deliver the big hit to the quarterback running the ball. It's a fair it's a fair enough thing. I guess the point that I'm just trying to get to is there's just because there's no consistency, you don't know how it should be legislated. Well, and again, they don't know how to consistently legislate it from game to game even, so. Yeah. And, and game to game and like you said, no one knows what a catch is. You think you know what a catch is, you're not sure you know what a, you know what a catch is. Um I know it was a catch, and that was the Devontae Parker catch yesterday in the primetime game. That was incredible. 
That was. I thought it wasn't. Looked at the replay <coughs> and instantly said, that's a catch. And I did not expect them to, to turn it back around, quite honestly. I thought they were going to screw it up because that seems like that's what they do. Well, I think they only screw it up when it involves a touchdown at the end of the game. So now here's a question. And you didn't know this was coming. Let's play a small little game. Kiko Alonso goes to deliver that hit to Tom Brady that he delivered to Flacco. Does he get suspended? No, I still don't think he gets suspended for that one. Uh, you don't? I do. I don't. Um, uh, if it had been Aaron Rodgers, maybe, but okay. not, not Tom Brady. Okay. Aaron. The league still hates Tom Brady. Okay, then Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, again, I, Peyton even Manning. then I don't think they're going to – Peyton Manning, they probably would have suspended. Peyton, <laughs> Peyton Manning, you know, four or five years ago. Um, so, let's see. Now, who got suspended that we may not have gotten suspended? Um, Mike Evans. Can we think of a is, receiver? Is he suspended or is he not suspended? No, right he's now? he's suspended. I got official. And notice. is he gonna is he gonna serve his suspension? That I don't know because they have three days to appeal. So I think I had read that AJ Green already plans to. Well, A.J. Green's not being suspended, He's but I thought I'd read that one of these guys has appealed his suspension already. Um, that's possible, not from when I got. I get releases from the NFL, and I got the official release from them today around 4.04. Mike Evans suspended one game for violations of unsportsmanlike conduct and unnecessary roughness rules. Um, or like I'd like to call it, the Heinz Ward block. Well, so now if we suspend Mike Evans, do we also have to suspend uh, Jameis Winston, who... Was on the sideline and like jumped on the field and interacted in the play too. That's fair enough, but then again, that might be a benefit for the Buccaneers at this point. Well, again, I think they should probably bench him anyways, at least for one more week, so he can get his shoulder figured out. But uh, they are um, Fitzpatrick starting this week, and that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. If you uh, need a defense to stream this week, the New York Jets are available. Although there's a certain revenge game factor there too. Yep, that is true. Um, I'll tell you something else I find a little funny. The letter that, 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 that was sent to Evans was sent by John Runyon, NFL Vice President of Football Operations. Runyon was one nasty SOB when he played for the, the Eagles himself. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of funny. I don't know. But if Jerry Rice had done that, would he get suspended? No, but not back then. Not. not back then. You could actually bite a guy's leg off and it'd be okay. Um, I don't know. Can you think of a receiver today that if he did that, wouldn't get suspended. I don't know if I can. No, not at all. Nope, I can't think of it. Because I think Antonio Brown would get suspended. Well, A.J. Green, maybe, because he seems to be Teflon. Because um, if you don't <laughs> get suspended for that rear naked choke, whatever the heck it was, that's pretty hard, hard to believe, quite honestly. Um, and yeah, I'll tell you what else is even worse. From what I heard, the referee said he ejected Jalen Ramsey because he thought... He saw him throw a punch. He didn't see him throw a punch. I thought I saw him throw a punch. Well, now, again, this this is hearsay here, but I'm pretty sure I read this today, although it may have just been uh, the amount of beer I had this afternoon. But I'm pretty sure I read online today that uh, following the game, uh, Ramsey was actually stalking around outside the stadium. I don't know if he was looking to interact with either the referee or with Green or whomever, but... Uh, uh, he was still apparently very heated even after the game was over. Yeah, I don't know. These guys, they make lots of money. They should realize that they don't need to be fighting each other um, outside of between the snaps. 
Well, it's a strange world we live in, Steve. The, this year's NFL is uh, is very, very surprising. Like waking up Sunday morning and finding that your running back one and your tight end one are both uh, not going to play. Yeah, because every, everything that was out there was Zach Ertz was going to be good. He was limited. He had the hamstring injury, but he was going to be good to go. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, you know what else? You know sometimes you try to make that trade that you don't make because the other guy doesn't make it, and then in hindsight you're like, whew, glad I didn't make that trade. I had to go to the waiver wire and try to pick somebody up to replace Ertz. And my first pick when I saw him on the waiver wire was Ed Dixon. But Ed Dixon had just been dropped the day before, so he had to go through waivers. He wasn't available for a first-come, first-serve. So Mm -hmm. I wound up going with Eric Ebron instead. And, hey, one catch, 19 yards. Maybe he's got another since we saw that earlier. Let me see. Nope, one catch, 19 yards. Well, um, that is one catch and 19 yards more than Ed Dixon got yesterday. That is true. Um, Ed Dixon had two whole targets, so I was lucky that he wasn't available. Um, but, yeah, so sometimes you just, by the grace of God, you get lucky with your decisions when you didn't even want to make them. Well, you know, uh, about uh, eight days ago, uh, I think it was Monday morning of last week, I got a call from someone that uh, – was trying anything possible to get me to trade him to Sean Watson. <laughs> Maybe I should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hindsight, man. Yeah. Hindsight. Um, I did try. I tried to do my duty for the fantasy community. I had the perfect person that was going to be able to tell me when Zeke Elliott's going to get suspended. Do you want to know who, who that, that was? The only person in sports that I know of that has a crystal ball. Stefania Bell? Ben Reeder. Okay. Do you know who Ben Reeder is? <laughs> I don't, actually. He is the journalist for Sports Illustrated that a couple of years ago penned the article that your 2017 World Series champs yes, will be the yes, Houston the Astros. Astros. So <laughs> I said breaking or something like that on Twitter, try to be funny. I know, blah, blah, blah. Ben Reeder can tell us when Zeke Elliott's going to get suspended. And he replied, Unfortunately, not my deal. I picked up Alfred Morris two days ago. <laughs> so I thought I had the guy, but he evidently only has a crystal ball for Major League Baseball. Well, you know what? Uh, one of these days, uh, the Gray Sports Almanac will come back into play, and the people will be able to uh, know exactly what's going to happen in the world of fantasy football. Uh, until then, I mean, all you can really do is tune in Sunday morning and uh, and, and follow guys like you and I because, you know, if you need that help at the last minute, I think we're good sources to uh, give them leads on who to pick up, right? Yep, absolutely. And you know what? We're not always going to be right. We're not always going to be wrong, but it's all based on a thought process. I had people that I saw them. They didn't say it to me specifically, but if they'd asked me, I'd have probably said the same thing. They were cursing the fact that they listened to an expert and didn't play Marshawn Lynch. I'm sorry, but you can't bring hindsight to that fight. And if it was a gut, play him. If somebody said, here are the reasons why you shouldn't do it, there's thought process into it. It fits. It works. And you can't second-guess it. And you just have to live with the results. And you know what else? What? Until next week, I'm gonna, I, I wanted to end with Get Blitz Responsibly Cheers. But i got to <coughs> tell them that they can follow you on Twitter, at Nuclear Harley. You can follow me, at Steve Gallo NFL. And as always, Get Blitz Responsibly. Cheers. <laughs>